Hello, my friends. Um, we are back here on the podcast. It's Josie with you for June's episode. Um, so stoked for tonight uh, because we got a great topic uh, with Father Day, Father's Day coming up. We're going to be talking about fatherhood because um, as many of you probably know, um, in today's culture, uh, unfortunately, we have strayed far from what God desires for society, right? Um, you know, marriage and family are being attacked. Um, people no longer know what it means to be a man or a woman or what marriage truly is, to be honest. Um, I think it's really beautiful. Uh, well, not beautiful, but becomes beautiful. Um, Sister Lucia, one of the visionaries of Our Lady of Fatima said um, that the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Um, and I think, you know, we see that so prevalent today, right? Um, the attack on marriage and family. And the reason why I said it's beautiful that we recognize this is because it's only in recognizing the battle that we're facing that we can fight against it, right? Um, and so we know the attack is on the family and a key aspect of that being on fatherhood and masculinity. Um, you know, we need men to be strong leaders of the family, specifically spiritual leaders of the family, Um and yeah, those ideals for what, what masculinity um, and fatherhood should be. So with that being said, um, as we celebrate Father's Day uh, this month, I think it's especially important to emphasize that role of men in forming and leading families to sanctity. Um, you know, that is their purpose as the head of the household. Um, so I brought on a special guest uh, to talk with me about this today. Dad, welcome to the podcast. Oh, good evening. <laughs> We're recording this at night. Um, it's great. Um, but yeah, Dad, I mean, honestly, you're the best example of earthly fatherhood that I know. Um, and you're my greatest witness of the father's love for me. You know, I'm very, very blessed, I know. Um, and you're not perfect by any means. Right. But like, I think you're a great example of what fatherhood should be. Um, and because I feel like I am so blessed in having you as a father, like I wanted to share you with others on the podcast. Um, and also just, yeah, to share your insights on fatherhood, because many people are not blessed to have a father like you in their lives. Um, so just like sharing your experiences, what fatherhood should be, how you've grown lessons you've learned and just any advice that you could give young men and women today. So thanks for coming on with me. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Dad, I think you're a little prejudiced. <laughs> I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so I'll talk highly about you any day. So now I get to do it in the public sphere. This is great. Um, but yeah, I guess just to start things off, can you kind of explain your view of the role of men in the family and why you think our modern society has kind of fallen so short of this ideal. Sure. I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, men have fallen short because they're too, too worried about success. Mm -hmm. I know they have to provide for their family, but you know, their spiritual instruction um, time with their family is much more important than the financial success of the family. Um, we all get wrapped up. The culture teaches that the man has to provide. And sometimes the man gets too caught up in that and he forgets his family. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing is 
two things. Number one is the man has to be the spiritual role of the family, the spiritual role leader of the family, and he has to pray with his family, not just in vocal prayer, but in the way he lives his life as well. And he needs to spend time with his wife and children. And time is not a quality, it's a quantity. Mm. You must spend time doing stuff with your children. That's where they learn to know you and to learn what you're about and to follow the example you lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, just going off that, I think that's something that I've always, like when people ask me about you and mom, like, and what, how you raised us and stuff, that's one thing about your example of fatherhood that like just shines to me is that like you were always home and present, even though like you're a doctor, you're working all day. And then I remember that you come home eat dinner with us, play tennis or basketball, like pray our night prayers together and then go back to work. Like I, I always remember that because you made time, like, even though you probably, I don't know how much sleep you got a night because you didn't get any, but like that time was so like important and made like us feel so loved. Well, I guess to take off on that, I, now my work's easy. I work till 11 o'clock at night. I don't have to worry about getting home and playing with the kids. Um, You know, I can believe it or not, it's sort of backwards now. But yes, my family was always the most important thing to me, uh, along with, of course, my relationship with Christ and Our Lady and my patron saint. Mm -hmm. And I always made time. I could tell you story after story. I'd always go back at night and I'll never forget this is one of the most interesting or dramatic stories I ever had was this patient had open heart surgery and he was recovering and was two or three days post-op. And I came home to play with the kids and probably play tennis with MJ. MJ's Josie, by the way. <laughs> he calls me MJ because her name's Mary Josephine. So. Yeah, I'm the only one that calls her that. <laughs> but um, I must have played tennis and went back and, you know, no, it was before that because the patient was four or five days post-op. Mm-hmm. Must have been 11 o'clock at night I'm seeing this patient. And back then, the beepers were, we didn't have cell phones. We just had beepers. And the <laughs> operator would send over a message. You just hear the message. That's all you hear. The, you get a couple beeps and this message comes over. And I'll never forget, it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm seeing this patient examining his chest. He's doing okay. But this beep comes over. It says, Dr. Kuhlman, call home. Your wife's in labor. <laughs> and this guy's chest was hurting after open heart surgery. He stood right up in bed. He says, Dr. Kuhlman, says, don't worry about me. You just get home and take care of your wife. <laughs> yes. And I think that's probably the best example I can give of, you know, how I, you know, organize my life. Um, I mean, there's always a way you can make things work, you know, taking care of my patients, taking care of my family. And that was, I think, the perfect example, of probably what I used to do. Yeah. No, and you touched on another really good point there, too, about vocation, right? Because I think, like, you talk about, obviously, we have three vocations. The highest is all of us are called to sanctity. That's all of our vocations. But then secondarily, you know, you're called to marriage, religious life, or consecrated life. Um, and then thirdly, is like your career vocation. But how your 
vocation of marriage and family always came before like your vocation as doctor, even though like that's the way God's calling you to serve. But can you like talk into that a little bit about, cause I think I noticed that in like young men today or even not young, just like men in general struggle with that balance between career vocation and their like higher calling to marriage and family or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, I totally agree. Your first vocation is union with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and everything else is subservient to that. If you don't get that right, you're going to falter along the way. Um, and that's why I always made time to make sure we came home and prayed a decade of the rosary and prayed, you know, talked to the Lord and prayed with my family, got into bed, told them funny stories, and then went back to work. But first things are first, and your relationship with Christ has to come first. There's an old saying, you know, if you don't get the vertical right, the horizontal will fall apart. Mm, and the vertical that. is Christ, and the, the horizontal is your love of neighbor. You, you will never love your neighbor properly if you don't love God first. That's the ultimate union for all of us is to be with uh, God in heaven. Uh, that will be perfect union and it will accompany union with your fellow brothers and sisters. But you know, the first commandment is to love God above all things. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. They go together, but there's a reason that number one is number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so important because like God is love. So we can't truly love another unless we're existing in that. So like prioritizing that is so, so important. Um, Yeah, I guess another question that I had for you, dad, is just like reflecting on your own life. Like you've been married to mom for 40, 40 years. Yeah, Um, which is crazy. But like what have been, I guess, your biggest struggles in leading and forming your family in I guess, along with that, like the biggest lessons you've learned that you can share with us. Well, if you know your mother, you know, I'm going straight to heaven when I die. <laughs> yes, dad. Well, aware now. Okay, she my, says the same thing. Yes, indeed. Um, I have my weaknesses and she'll be the first to tell you. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest struggles have just been the juggling the, of the time. But if I was to tell you, if I go back in time and change anything, I think what I would change is I would make time to get the mass more during the week. Mm. Um, Obviously, my schedule was very, very busy being a busy cardiologist. But you make time for what's important for you. Mm. There's no ifs, ands, or what's about it. Back then, when, when I was younger... And before MJ was born, I remember playing competitive tennis in state tournaments or the 35 and unders. And it's <laughs> funny you make time for that. But I think I should have made more time to get to daily mass. I'm not saying I never went to daily mass, but it definitely wasn't every day. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing, the strength that we get, I don't care what anybody tells you, but it's if, if you read the Bible and you study the Bible, it's all in there. There's a roadmap and it's the sacraments. Mm. It's the Eucharist and confession. And we need that grace. And I think that's my biggest regret is that I probably should have gotten to daily mass more. And I think it would have helped me be a better father and husband. 
Um, and when I look back on my life, it's um, since I'm getting pretty old now. <laughs> you're not old, Dad. You're not 70 yeah. yet, so you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm under 70. <laughs> um, I mean, we all have things where we should have done this different, should have done that different. And, you know, I think I could have been, you know, a better husband to my wife if I would have gotten to mass more often and be more understanding of her. Obviously, I'm dealing with life and death stuff at the hospital. So I may have a tendency to downplay her working in the yard and all the domestic duties mm -hmm. that she has to do, which are necessary. And I definitely could have done better in that regard. So I really want to emphasize the importance of the sacraments to get the strength you need to function and do the right thing from day to day. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that too. Cause I think, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to see too. Like I've noticed now that, I mean, we're all grown, you have more time, but like you're making more of a priority to go to daily mass, like in the mornings too. I've noticed that and like, it's beautiful to see you make that time when you're so busy during your day. Um, but going off of that with like your personal prayer, like you talked about um, right before that, how we have to prioritize our relationship with God before our relationship with others. So that means like every day having, making that space for prayer. And I always talk about, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, how like, Hey, you make time for what's important. You just said that. So it's like, what are the most important things to you? You're going to make time for them every day. Um, so if you say your relationship with God is number one in your life, but you're not, you're not making time for silence in your day, it's not, he's not number one, you know? Um, so I guess at, when we were growing up I and mean, you had seven kids and a wife and like you were a cardiologist, you were doing all these things. What did your prayer life look like? Um, and how, like, how did you make space for, for God every day in that, in that chaos? Well, I have the privilege of having a 20 minute drive to work. Mm -hmm. So that's when I would pray my rosary, my morning prayers, um, you know, and I would always try to make a short time to read the Bible. And I have a certain litany of prayers. I say that try to focus me. I have a special position for prayer. I would say every day. So I always knew that you know, it's Christ that's going to get me through the day in Our Lady. Mm -hmm. uh, there has never, never, never been a procedure, I think, that I never said a prayer. I'm an interventional cardiologist, so I deal with heart caths and stents and people with acute heart attacks. There's never been a patient I didn't say a prayer before and, and ask our Lord for guidance. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the last time I didn't mention God to that patient. I'll either tell them that the good Lord's guidance you know, or I said a prayer for you, you're going to do fine. Jesus is guiding our hands. Um, I always mention God. And I always, uh, you know, tell the Lord before I do a procedure, Jesus, I trust in you and I trust in our ladies intercession. And, and believe me, in my profession, as an interventional cardiologist, there's always patients that go south. I don't care. I know that I'm not as good as some people, but, you know, I'm at least as good or as average as the next interventional <laughs> cardiologist. But we all have cases where things don't go the way you thought they would. And maybe the patient dies on the table, something like that, uh, or something catastrophic occurs that was unexpected and you did the best you could, but maybe the patient died or had a horrible complication 
and it's rare, but it happens to all of us that are in this field, you know, and you have to trust in the Lord that that was his will. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as you did the best you could and you prayed and you asked the Lord to guide you, there's really nothing else you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that surrender that goes back to rooting yourself probably in prayer, like at the beginning of your day, when you, when you're driving to work and you pray your morning prayers and you spend your time with the Lord, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I'll say that, you know, that's the reason I went into medicine. I went into medicine because I thought, I mean, I always thought I wanted to have a large family because mm -hmm. I thought about the priesthood, mm -hmm. you know, but I thought God was calling me to have a family. And I thought, what's the best way that I can serve God, serve my family and help other people. Mm -hmm. And I thought medicine was the best avenue because I was a very hard worker. I studied hard in school and I said, well, I'm going to put all this hard work in it. Let's make it pay off, mm -hmm. you know, because I thought about social work and teaching and I, and I ended up resolving that medicine was the best way for me to go because I thought it was the best way I could support my family, help other people and serve God and bring people closer to Christ because that's the ultimate. I mean, you can save someone's life, but if that man or that woman isn't with God in eternity, you haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our souls are the most important thing first our own and then others, you know? So it's like that extends out. And I think your, your career vocation shows that. And it's beautiful to like what to witness that every day. Um, I also wanted to ask you, dad, like just, I like, yeah, I look up to you so much and um, I know, yeah, I know you're not perfect, but as far as like your role as father, like, I feel like you have loved me and my siblings so well. So I'm curious, like, are there any areas that like, you feel like you've fallen short or like throughout the years, you know, maybe there's some dads out there listening to this or some young men who might be thinking about marriage and family or whatever it may be, or women that, um, you know, are listening to this and, um, yeah, I guess what are some of those areas that you feel like you've fallen short as father? And then how are you continuing to fight the attacks on the family? Okay. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Cause I always feel I fall short with my spouse and not my children. Mm. Um, because like I said earlier, I always made time to come home no matter which child it was to to play with them. The most important thing is time. And I mentioned it earlier. Uh, time is not believe whatever the world tells you. Time is not a quality. It's a quantity. Mm -hmm. Your kids want to spend time with you, whether it's playing Legos or whether it's playing dinosaurs on the floor or chasers or, you know, whether it's tennis or basketball, we're a very athletic family, but it doesn't have to be athletics. Mm -hmm. Um, you just need to find your kids' interests and just spend time with them and do the stuff they like to do. They learn what's important to you from the daily stuff you do. It's not from a five-minute dissertation in the car when you're driving them to school to tell them to say their prayers and to follow what Jesus says. That's important, mm -hmm. but they they see what you do. They don't see what you say. They see what you do, mm -hmm. and when you spend time with them, Whatever it is, uh, that's those are the teachable moments. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I can't emphasize that enough. And it, like I said, we're a sports family, but it definitely doesn't have to be sports. We have a beautiful grandson 
uh, named Benny that has no attraction to sports <laughs> at all. And I know he's a wonderful grandson. He's a great kid. We love him dearly. And he is so special. And he's going to touch the world in his own way. It just may not be sports, which is fine because God calls everybody to do something different. He's called all of us to touch other people in a special way. And there's people that he will reach that I could never reach. That's right. Good old Benny boy. Um, no, I, I love that. And I love how you keep emphasizing that point about time is a quantity, not necessarily quality. But I thought it was interesting when I first asked this question too, um, that you were like, I feel like I normally fall short with my, my wife rather than my children. And um, that was something that I, I don't know if I was talking to somebody about it recently or, um, but how, like, would you agree, I mean, that your first vocation is to your spouse, because that's the, that's what the children are fruit of that, right? So in essence, to be a good father, you have to be a good husband first. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's where I need my most work. There, um, there we go. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring you and mom on the next podcast yeah. to talk about marriage. That'll yeah, it's fun. an ongoing battle. <laughs> um, you know, we're all, because of our concupiscence, we're all selfish and worried about our own selfish desires. And mm-hmm. and I know everybody knows that um, men are from Mars and women are from <laughs> Venus or something like that. And it's there is a lot of truth to that. We're made intrinsically different, but but also made to work together, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, you can't love your children, right, if you don't love your wife Mm -hmm. or your spouse, right, and you just have to put the, you know, the concerns of your spouse ahead of your own, you know, that's what marriage is all about, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, love is not about pleasure-seeking behavior, it's about giving, you have Mm -hmm. to give yourself to the other, uh, the pleasure and the satisfaction and the joy and the happiness. People don't realize this, but that's not the goal. That's a byproduct from living your life for the right reason, mm-hmm. which is sacrificing. You sacrifice yourself for your spouse and for your children. And as I grow to be an old guy, I'm realizing <laughs> that more and more because now the babies just graduated from college, you know, so they don't need us to play dinosaurs with them. Wow, hold well, on, Dad. I still want you to play dinosaurs with me. Come on. <laughs> I miss the old days where I could come home and play tennis with MJ and, you know, take her to the tennis courts late at night and when she's six years old and turn on the lights mm-hmm. and the nights go out on us and <laughs> have to pick up the balls in the dark. Those are the good old days. It's, you know, the, the journey's always the fun. It's not so much all the championships it's just the journey it's mm-hmm. all the fun you have in doing all that stuff yeah those are memories I always cherish <laughs> um yeah I guess uh pivoting here just to I guess advice for um just wondering what advice you would give to men uh, specifically whether they're married or not um and just to help reclaim masculinity um as God desires it to be in today, like, I guess, tangible ways they can do that. Okay. Number one is, uh, if, if you're a Catholic, you need to get the mass. The Eucharist is the key. There's a wonderful young, wonderful man. He's probably older than I am. Steve Wood. He was a Protestant minister 
wonderful man as a Protestant minister, great person, great Christian, and he converted to Catholicism. And someone asked him, what was the tipping point? Why did he convert to Catholicism? And the answer was three words. He says, the Eucharist, the Eucharist, and the Eucharist. Nice. You know, that's where the strength's going to come from. And that would be number one. Like I said, that was that's one of my regrets is not getting to daily mass more often. I'd probably be a better husband mm. if I had done that. Um, and, and, and then the, the second thing is make sure you don't get too wrapped up in your work. Mm. You have to make time. And we've already talked about the quantity quality issue, but I just can't emphasize that enough. You have to make time, get home from work, spend time with your kids, play with them, throw work out the window. <laughs> don't watch TV. Our TV broke. I think when our, I guess it was, I was our, like five or six. Yeah, I was thinking it was when our second child was born, Father Joseph, but might've been after that, but we decided never to get it fixed because it doesn't add anything to family life. So, I mean, we have a DVD player and things like that. So there can be obviously challenges and problems with that, but basically we grew up without a TV. And of course, now you should turn off the internet. Don't play on your computer. Back in the day, I would say, get rid of the newspaper. Of course, people may not have newspapers anymore, but like I said, you know, you need to be chasing your kids around the house, playing, playing, hide and seek or some game dinosaurs yes yes well that, that goes with the internet all the electronic devices um i in fact that's one of our chores this summer is to make sure the grandkids uh, you know we try to get them to uh, get on uh, flip phones and not cell phones just yeah. to but you know, things like that, and, make, and we have to protect our children from the internet. There's so many evils, but you just need to, you know, do stuff with them, mm -hmm. whatever they like to do. Um, there's a million things I can tell you stories. I remember coming home and we go to the park and play chasers. And I know that our Lord and our lady and my patron saint was guiding me because I'll never forget running after Pete and Jojo, the oldest, they were probably five or six. I'm holding a newborn, <laughs> running as fast as I can through the woods. And I'll never forget. I said, well, what if something would happen and I would trip and fall? And I'll never forget this. And, and I kept running and I caught up with Pete and caught him. We must've been playing chasers. But the point is God protected me. And because he knew I was trying to goof off with my kids and play with them and have fun with them. But the funny part of the story was I cornered Jojo. He's a priest now. <laughs> it's Father Joseph now. This is Father <laughs> Joseph. And I cornered him by the lake. And I'll never forget, I was ready to catch him, and he jumped in the lake, so I wouldn't catch him. <laughs> so I had to tell him, Jojo, the game's over. and come out now. But anyway, but I'll never forget running through the – running after them. I was running really fast and carrying a little baby. And to this day, I'm so happy that I never tripped and I can appreciate how catastrophic that would be if, if, if the baby would have been injured. And, yeah. Um, but anyway. God protects you if you're, yeah. if you're making time for your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and I remember a 
beautiful story with MJ when she was oh, a little I... baby. <laughs> she broke her leg somehow. I think she was six months old. And I'll never forget. I came home and for the next four weeks, my back was hurting so bad because she had this big body cast on. I never remember. <laughs> we always used to walk all through the neighborhood, um, you know, just to be outside and be doing stuff. And um, it was always so enjoyable, but my back was hurting because that cast was with her body and that cast was pretty heavy. <laughs> my wife couldn't hardly even carry her. She was so big or so heavy with the cast on. But anyway, that only lasted six weeks. It made you, it made your guns get bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I guess in closing, dad, I just wanted to ask if you had any um, just words of encouragement for, I mean, not, not only men, but women listening to this, that maybe didn't grow up with dads like you and feel in a very real way, you know, like the negative effects of the attack on fatherhood. Um, and they feel a lot of wounds from that, whether they recognize it or not and, um, and struggle to live out who they are because of that. What, I guess, words of encouragement or advice would you give them? Well, I guess my first point would be don't settle. Hmm. You know, God has a plan for you. Um, whether it's, you know, everybody isn't called to marriage, but whether it's to be single or to be married, you, you know, don't settle. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being single if that's what God's called you to be, but you just need to be focused on your prayer life. God has a plan for you. Um, if you're in a relationship, you know, pray for your spouse. Probably the biggest danger I think I see today is the horrible sin of pornography mm -hmm. um, that needs to be avoided avoided at all costs you mm -hmm. just have to remember you can't change someone they have to change themselves with the help of christ and the sacraments you're not going to change that person um, he or she has to change herself and don't settle god you're very special to the board mm -hmm. and he has you know most of us are called to marriage and he has a special person for you whether it's met when you're 20 or 30 or 40 don't settle for someone because for the wrong reason mm -hmm. and get and get to the sacraments the strength will be there life may not be easy but it, you know life wasn't made to be a joy ride once again the the satisfaction the satisfaction and the fulfillment from life is going to be a byproduct for living from living your life in a godly fashion. Mm -hmm. You can chase after success and pleasure all you want. And I guarantee you, you will never, never have true joy unless you're, unless you put God first, mm -hmm. all those good feelings are a byproduct from living your life for the right reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, I think if that sums up everything we talked about very well, it was just like prioritizing prayer and like whether you're married yet or not, like making that the center because everything's meant to draw us to communion with God, to union with the Trinity. So like, you know, marriage isn't the end goal. Marriage is the way to get to the end goal, which is communion with God. So if we're single, like you need to work on that as well. You know, it's not like a state in life should inhibit you from that union, you know, and, and just on that point of like not settling, um, I think it's great to have like men, um, and like for women, like men to look up to and for 
men, like women to have like as ideals. And like, thankfully, like dad, like I, you and my brothers have always been like my ideal of masculinity. And it's been, I'm like so grateful for that because like, yeah, you guys set the bar very high, which is super annoying sometimes <laughs> when like trying to find a guy to date, but like it kept that bar high. So like, I knew like, no, I need a man that's going to be a spiritual leader. I need a man that's willing to sacrifice. I need a man that that's going to do these things that like you and my brother show me on a daily basis and, and how to love. So I just want to thank you for that. And your example of masculinity and just all the lives you have touched with that. Um, yeah, my own and so many others. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't like to be complimented. He's squirming over here. I'll keep trying. Yeah. Um, I know I, I, uh, wanted to close just to ask you dad, if you have any, um, recommend recommendations for like resources, books or things, um, that you would recommend. I know I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but I just thought of it. If you have any resources to recommend. Okay. Well, I just, um, sponsored someone into the Catholic church and I told him he's a wonderful man. He's 75 years old played professional baseball and I just love the guy dearly. He's a great guy and he's a real character, but I tell him there's five things. I said, he need, I told him this. I said, if you, if you don't remember anything else, ignore what everybody else says, but remember these five things. Number one is get to the mass as much as possible. Receive the Eucharist. Mm. Number two is confession. We're all sinners. Number three is 15 minutes. Read the Bible. 15 minutes a day. Number four was pray the rosary daily. If you're too busy, you can at least pray five, uh, one decade of the rosary. That must take one minute or two mm -hmm. minutes. And number five was, um, I know you'll probably heard of Matthew Kelly, but five minutes in the classroom of silence. You need to talk to Jesus and Our Lady as your best friends for five minutes a day. Just tell them what's on your mind. Um, whether it's, whether it be in your room in the car, but you need to spend five minutes talking to them as your best friend. And those five things I think is probably the best advice I can give you. Uh, that's how I live my life anyway. And that's what I told Jimmy, my friend. I love that. As, as millennials say, retweet. I know you don't know what that means, but <laughs> that's okay. Thanks, Dad. Um, man, this is great. I uh, I could probably we could probably keep talking for a while, but we'll have to bring you back on again for another episode uh, at some point. But um, would you mind closing us in prayer tonight, Dad? Sure, and, sure. I'll be. And everybody more than else listening. All right, dear Lord. Um, I personally want to thank the good Lord for my wonderful wife, who has blessed me with nine children, seven that are alive, and thank you for. MJ and Maria and Pete, Jodo, Pastor John Paul and JJ and all of our grandchildren and plus all the families in the world. Keep us focused on the Eucharist and give all families the strength to realize the priorities in life, which are number one is to teach a faith. That should be above all things. And a special prayer for all the, the separated families and the foster parents and the children in foster homes that aren't blessed with all the privileges that MJ has, we help us to reach out to them the best way we can. Life's not perfect, 
that with the Lord's help and with the sacraments and with Our Lady, we can help them achieve eternity in heaven with Christ and, and pray especially for all the unborn to protect us from the evils of abortion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks, Dad. This is fun. Okay. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.